Louder! And it's time for the Gore and More Podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking in and head in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear, we'll never part. Going on a ball break, running in the sand, feeling all right. And what is up, motherfuckers? Welcome to the Gore and More podcast. We are on episode 177. It is February 21st, 2022. What's going on, fellas? You What's know, up, we, brothers? We are missing our Fluffmaster Supreme right now. And, uh, so I don't I don't have any like really cool name for us, you know. I, I know he likes to introduce us as like, you know, with with, with his little spiel, you know. So I, I didn't think of one. I I you know I, I dropped the ball on that one. So we're just how here. About, to... How about the Lords of Salami? Whoa, hey. the Lords of Salami. Well, I mean, I don't know. That makes us kind of, kind of I don't know. I don't know. That makes us mountain men. Yeah, meat mountain men. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. My little my little meatlings. So, as always, I am Lord Scuba Cabra, but with me also as always, we have the meat mountain himself, the killing machine, Bobby Amone. Good evening, people. <laughs> and also that beautiful bastard, the one, the only, the dark lord of knowledge, Chad Daddy Crispin. What's up, bitches? So, as always, like I said, we will be we, we are here on the Gore and More podcast, and we like to do this little thing called Slice Life. Bobby, kick us off, baby. Well, last week was a you know another week of work, and uh, basically been cleaning up the house a lot. Um, so this past weekend, <laughs> I was a I was a working whore. <laughs> I clean. I was cleaning couple of rooms in the house i was doing carpet cleaning and shit like that literally making it better and all that kind of stuff everybody i'm a, obviously i'm a horror nerd but i had to rearrange my room a little bit and put some things in some tubs and boxes broke my heart a little bit mm -hmm. i feel that i feel that oh dude i, st I still it's don't okay. have any of my neck figures out since we moved that's but it's okay i made sure they're properly nice and packed away they're good to go so i did all of that stuff and then um also got to watch the new chainsaw a couple of times so that'll come later on in the discussion yes yes. and then will. uh went out to lunch yesterday with my girlfriend and a few of our friends and that was it and then t today was you know another work day and i got to watch this movie probably the best witchcraft movie we watched so far but mm. we'll leave that in bobby's we'll opinion in bobby's bobby's opinion. Opinion. I, was just, I was gonna say my opinion <laughs> we'll leave that into our discussion but that was mine uh chad daddy what'd you do brother well, you know, work through the week, nothing special. Then on Friday, you know, like you, watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I had no plans on watching it on Friday. I was going to watch it Saturday. But then my stepsister was posting on Facebook that she and her daughter and her daughter's friend were watching horror movies. And I said, hey, what about the new Texas Chainsaw? She said, I didn't know there was a new one. So I pointed her in that direction. I said, just don't spoil it. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. We're sitting there. My wife looks over at me and she's like, you want to watch the new Texas Chainsaw? And I'm like, yes, I do. So it surprised me that she suggested it. And we both really enjoyed it. I don't care what anybody else says. I, I really liked it. I definitely, and a lot of people are saying, you know, it's a lot like Halloween Kills, you know, Halloween, I, I, this was way better than Halloween Kills in my opinion. I didn't like Halloween Kills. I like this. 
you know, it was a nice, uh, nice little change of pace for the uh, Texas Chainsaw franchise. And I'm hoping there's more come, more to come. You know, it definitely sets it up for something. You know, aside from that, you know, went bowling Saturday, hung out, watched a couple of the movies. I finally watched Lilo and I've never seen Lilo and Stitch. So this weekend, oh, nice. I watched it with my youngest daughter. That was actually the first time my wife had seen it too. She only watched the uh, Stitch TV series. Oh, how so. means family. That was you do good. that very well. That was very good. <laughs> I used to talk in the Stitch voice to my daughter when she was little. She had a Stitch toy that she fucking absolutely loved. So I worked on it, worked on it, and, and got it down finally. So it's been a while since I've done Excellent. that. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, I watched that. Then yesterday, just did a little cleaning around the house, you know, then watched this film. <laughs> you've been saying that a lot lately yeah it was a challenge buddy <laughs> but enough about me scoobs how about you brother well man i worked all week worked all week like i say uh, every week uh, except this time i only worked friday night at the bar and i had a blast it was such an awesome night i had a bunch of friends there and they made me feel like a rock star slash stripper because every time i got up to sing a song they were making it rain money Ooh. So I ended up walking out with a lot of money. That's how friends Friday. should make it. So nice. uh, usually I have a weekend birth. You know, if my birthday falls during the week, I try to have my birthday party the weekend before. My birthday's tomorrow. It's on a Tuesday. I'm going to be the big 4-0. So we, oh. I, didn't, I didn't really have a big birthday party this year, man. You know, and, and you figure, you know, you're turning 40, you got to do something big. But I, I didn't do that. I, I just had a couple of people come out to the bar. We hung out. Um, I had a few drinks. I didn't get too sloshed or anything and just had a good time. And then Saturday, mm -hmm. woke up and drove my happy ass to the gas station in Bastrop, Texas, and spent the night where they filmed one of the scenes from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They have cabins there that you can rent. And I literally sat in that cabin and watched horror movies the whole time I was there. That's all I did. Nice. I just sat there, escaped from reality for a bit, and just relaxed, man. Um, so uh, I got a quick question. What's up? So, so inside that whole gas station, what do they got? I only see pictures, but what do they got? Okay, so it is set up like a horror lover's dream. They have masks. They have figures. Anything you can think of. They have NECA figures. They have, you know, the big gremlin puppets. They have... It's like it's it's a horror shop inside, but also the best part is it is also still a barbecue joint, and they yeah. have some of the best brisket that you can get in the state of Texas, hands down. Wow. And it's oh, shit. it's awesome. Um, so I ate some barbecue and sat in the room, and I, I bought those those two um, uncut versions of Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre two. I gotta say, I'm really disappointed that you didn't tell us you got them while you were there. Because I would have gladly PayPal'd you money to pick up a couple copies. Yeah. For so I bought the last copy that they had of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And I want to save the work print for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. They may have had maybe two more copies. But I think you you can order them online. Like if you go to the, the Texas gas station website, I mm -hmm. want to say they have those online that you can order. Nice. Um, yeah, and it, they have it, you know, pretty well set up. And they were getting ready for their. Uh, they have the cult classic convention coming up next weekend or this weekend, actually. So, um, okay, they were getting things set up there for for that as well. So it was it was actually a pretty cool weekend. And nice. I ate this oh, man. So this is what I love about living in the South. Our breakfast is just mwah, it's just amazing. So I went to this really little cafe in the town square, and I got breakfast. 
they don't have pancakes. They have griddle cakes, which it's a pancake. It's just a little thicker. Um, they also had what I ate for breakfast was um, biscuits, sausage gravy with bacon crumbles on top. That was my meal. And the lady asked me, you want a full order or a half order? And I chuckle. I'm like, I'm a big guy. I'll take I'll take the full order. And she chuckles back at me. And I know why she chuckled. Wow. These were the biggest biscuits I've ever seen in my life. They were huge. I did not finish them all. But it was cool. And then I drove back home, um, came back and just, you know, started watching this movie after I did a little bit of laundry and stuff. And now I am here and we are ready to talk about whose pick was this? This was mine. I'm All sorry. right. Take it, Chad, Daddy. Yeah, Chad, this uh, before, is you, baby. Before, before we begin, I just want to say hello to everyone that's commenting on the side. Sorry, we're not ignoring you. We're yeah, just, we're not ignoring you. We're just in the zone. We're in the yes. zone. We're not ignoring any of you at all. So hello to everyone. Uh, hello, Brody. TJ. Hello to everyone except for Heather. Rissa. <laughs> kidding. E-Bunny. Uh, Heather. Oh, big Johnny D. Hey, Johnny D. Johnny. And Joe. Joe over in Twitch. We're getting some Twitch followers. That's good. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, yeah, good we, got good, uh, we got some good friends popping in to say hello. Okay, so we are talking today about Rob Zombie's film, The Lords of Salem, released April 19th of 2013. And let's give this a little plot rundown. After receiving a mysterious LP in a strange wooden box from an unknown band, Heidi, a local radio DJ, is tricked into playing the bizarre record on air, triggering disturbing hallucinations and recurring ominous flashbacks. For fear of aggravating her old drug addiction, Heidi turns to the occult scholar Francis Matthias, unbeknownst to her that for the next seven days, she will plummet deeper into insanity haunted by grotesque apparitions of primeval itch witches <laughs> whose coven <laughs> thirst for retribution. <laughs> there were some primeval itches too. However, yes, I'm pretty sure. However, how, well, yeah, yeah, there were some, this, yeah. However, how is Heidi linked to Salem's evil past? Dun, 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 dun. And take care of that. Right. Itch. So directed by Rob Zombie, who, of course, did House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, among many others. Written by Rob Zombie, Halloween, Werewolf Women of the SS, which I'm so sad that movie never got made. Yes, that would yeah. have been awesome. Produced by Rob Zombie, The Haunted World of El Superbisto, 31. In case you guys didn't notice, I always try to throw something a little different for each that Rob Zombie is <laughs> listed under. Uh, also produced by Jason Blum, Paranormal Activity Series, and Andy Gould, House of a Thousand Corpses, and Halloween. Take it away, Bobby. Sure thing. Starring Sherry Moon Zombie of House of Thousand Corpses, pretty much every fucking Rob Zombie film, <laughs> as Heidi LaRock and Adelaide Hawthorne, Bruce Davison, X-Men, and Apt Pupil as Francis Matthias, Jeff Daniel Phillips, Westworld, Three from Hell, as Herman Whitey Salvador. Really? Whitey? Jesus Christ. I have, a, I have a shirt. I have a shirt that says Whitey on it. It's a work shirt. It says Whitey. I found it at Goodwill and I had to buy it. <laughs> Fair enough. Judy Geeson, Geeson, Mad About You, 31, as Lacey Doyle, Meg Foster, They Lived, Masters of the Universe, as Margaret Morgan, Patricia Quinn, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, that's a great movie, as Megan, <clears throat> excuse me d wallace et the extraterrestrial cujo critters and among millions of others as sunny ken foray really do we have to say what he's in star yeah. of the dead and leatherface texas chainsaw massacre 3 as herman munster jackson 
See that there? He throws yeah, you see what they. But I don't there. remember them calling him that. I don't either. I, I don't remember. I don't remember hearing Munster at least. Herman, yeah. I did. Maybe they Maria, cut out. Probably Maria Conchetta Alonso, Predator Two, The Running Man as Alice Mathias, Andrew Prine, Amityville Two, The Possession, and Elimineers as Reverend Jonathan Hawthorne. Mm. That's our beautiful cast, ladies and gentlemen. Lovely, gents. lovely. I'll go ahead and take it from here. Ch- uh, music by yeah. Griffin Boys Turbo <laughs> Date. <laughs> Cinematography by Brandon Trost, McGruber, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Edited by Glenn Garland, The Devil's Rejects in Halloween. Effects slash makeup by Jared Gunther, Thor, The Amazing Spider-Man. Distributed by Anchor Bay Films, runtime of 101 Little People. <laughs> NPAA rating R. Budget 1.5 million, grossed 1.5 million. Gentlemen, let's generally discuss this film. Okay, first off, I'd never seen this movie before, and I needed a witch movie. I thought, you know what? You know, I've been meaning to see this for a while. Let's throw in Lords of Salem. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This movie. What you're apologizing this, for? This movie bored the shit out of me. Like hardly anything happens. There was a lot of just imagery and it was like, you know, Rob Zombie was trying too hard to make an art house film. Like we were saying, like he was trying too hard to make Suspiria and it just fell flat on every possible way. It's I did not care for it at all. I didn't care about any of the characters. I didn't give a shit what happened to any of them. You know, there was no one to connect with. There was I wouldn't even say any of them were really likable except maybe, uh, you know, Ken Foray's character. He was pretty he was pretty cool. Well, I mean, there really wasn't any character development in this film at all. Like, I mean, we, yeah, we get a backstory about the witches and stuff, but I mean, really, that we're just kind of thrown in. And then it's like, OK, here are these people. This is the stuff happening. But it was like an acid trip. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. That This whole film was like an acid trip. And I can say that because, you know, I've been there, done that. But it for me, watching this movie it has his good parts and his bad parts. A lot of it, it's more bad than good. I, mm-hmm. I, I did like some of the, you know, the the lore that was that was brought up as far as you know, we, especially with the other movies that that we saw as well. You know, there's a book, and you know, the witches are in the book or whatever. So it, it was kind of cool to see that that he actually did do some kind of. I'm not going to say he did factual research on anything that occurred, you know, with the witches in Salem, but it, it made it feel like, okay, shit, this, this could have happened. This could have mm-hmm. been something that actually occurred during, you know, that time period, because of course we all know about Salem witch trials and, and shit that happened there. <laughs> yes. And give it some more naked Sherry moon. I mean, she's got to be naked in like almost all of his damn movies, which I mean, Except we, we've never gotten a frontal. No, in this in this you only see her ass too. So, you had some side boob, eh? Sure. Little. I mean, as far as all right, for, for me personally, I mean, I'm a Rob Zombie fan. I don't like all of his movies, but I'm not going to tell you this is his worst one either. I personally feel out of what we've watched, for me, this was a better witch movie, even though it was all over the place. I I will give you that, but for one reason and one reason only, it had witchcraft. Yeah. It had to do with Satan. So yes. we got that that you know satanic aspect that comes along with, with, with witches, and we actually got to see that a little bit more. And, and it's even though the imagery was really fucking weird and like what the hell did she give birth to at the end? I mean, it's supposed to be the the son of the devil, but I, I wasn't expecting some fucking Prometheus 
face hugger. Yeah, it looked like some kind look. of look like but, some kind of cross between a starfish and a squid, whatever the fuck. I, it was, I will yeah. say I, I, it doesn't seem, but we did get a little bit more of an explanation because of that one guy. Yeah, he, he was doing the research. So uh, if that followed that line a little bit more, it would have been a little bit better. I think we yeah. still got an explanation with him because he was like, "Oh, well, this is what this is. Oh, so this is where it's all connecting." Any other witch movie we watched, there was no connector. He had connectors here. Yeah. So it we weren't totally in the dark, but you weren't in a gray area. You were in a charcoal with very little light, but you still had something. Yeah, I agree with that. Chatty? I, you know, I just, I just couldn't get into it. And Well, the thing, the thing that I think about it is, you know, as far as witch movies go, and this one is a prime example of... Did they actually research, you know, the Wiccan aspects, or are they just going by superstitions that everybody has these preconceived notions about witches? Because I know a lot of Wiccans. I, yeah. you know, I'm friends with none of them did shit like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and, and it's a film. the whole dance, but some of you know they dance around a fire naked under a full moon. Yeah, that. <laughs> and like we said, well, way too many old lady titties in this. Yeah, yeah, there was way too many. But you know, as far as like the whole. You know, sacrificing people, shit like that. I don't think that ever really happened. I think well, that's mostly superstition. But you got to think. You got to think. There's always good and bad. So True. while the good Wiccans may not be practicing this because they don't worship Satan, they worship or, you know, they, they, they're, they're it's all yeah. about nature. But there are some that do practice sacrifice. And, you know, it, it's I'm not saying that it's you know, 100% factual because I mean, I don't know anybody that's an evil witch, but you never know. There's always the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a good and bad. I, to I, everything. Did, I did like the fact that they actually brought up the actual number of people that were killed during the Salem witch trials, which was about yeah. 25. You know, yeah, a lot of yeah. people think it's hundreds and hundreds and it's not. Yeah. No, it was just under like, you know, it's like just under 30. It's like, that's really not a lot, a lot, but it's not a lot. But it's still, but it's still yeah, good. Just, that they, you know, it had some really cool imagery. Some oh, hold on, guys, my internet's crapping out. I, say, I think we just uh, lost Chad a little bit. I'll be right back. All right, all right. So all right, I hold on. I'm gonna say I I didn't hate this film. I didn't hate no. it. No, I did not. I, like you said, it's not my favorite Rob Zombie film. No, and I I don't care what anybody says. I like Rob Zombie movies. They're they they yeah. appeal to me. They're they're fucking just gory, brutal fucking films and i that's what i like when I, when i watch a film like this i and i just feel this was just missing maybe some gore man like like we like we were saying you know before we started streaming there was only one real kill that we actually yeah. got to see and then we really didn't see it because it all happened you know, it, for it, the most it, part, it, off camera off screen unless you yeah. saw the little bit of blood that was on you know the 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 thing that was covering his face, yeah. It, and I think this was also the time Rob Zombie was like, "I want to change it up a little bit." And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. There's not a damn thing wrong with that. Yeah. But the problem is, is when literally your first movie is probably one of the goriest movies of the early two thousands that got pushed back three years because of that and studio problems. And yeah. then you have like a movie like Devil's Rejects again, two right off the bat. It is kind of tough to break away from that, but Rob Zombie is also that guy who goes, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. You don't like it. At least I made what I wanted to make. So 
in retrospect, he's probably one of the, I say, best modern directors because he's like, I'm going to do it. You don't have to like it. If you do, great. If not, I made it and it's there. Yeah. I and, mean, and he, he's a, and this he's is, a horse and this man. Is, yeah. And this is one of those movies, but it's not a ter- for me. And I know you just it's not a terrible movie, but not one that I'll put in the top 10. Yeah. And it's not one that after the first time I watched it, I thought I would ever watch it again. So this was my second time ever watching this movie because mm-hmm. the first time I did watch it, I was like, wow, I should have been high for this. I, I, I should have been on something and maybe it would have made a little bit more sense to me and I would have got the visuals and, you know, I would have been creeped out a little bit more than than what I actually was. But in a sense, it is kind of a scary movie. The visuals are frightening. You know, it, it, it's it, it's a mind fuck mm-hmm. of a movie per se, you know, and I I like that, that, that aspect of it. Um, could it have been a little bit better? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I just think the characters just weren't developed very well and should have been, you know, we, we could have got a little bit more like, uh, you know, we really didn't get a backstory to uh, Sherry Moon's um, character really at all. You know, she gets the record and then it's just all fucking snowball down a hill from there, you know? You know, like you more, you kind of find out about her somewhat as the movie goes on, but there's nothing that really gets d- deep. Yeah, no, not really. All no, we know is that she was a drug user. That's up. That's it. Right, and yeah. I mean, not to say that that doesn't mean anything, but wh- where's the core? A little, where's yeah, the, a little more. You know, a little the, more would have been. Where, nice. Where's the core to it? Because then, I don't know about you guys. Did anybody figure out before? towards the end that she was related to the guy they were talking about i had a i had a feeling that yeah that's vague why notion, yeah i had a vague and it i felt like when he tried to when um whitey tried to play the record in her apartment and it didn't play and she was able to play it i figured it had either she was a witch or she was related to one of the witches or she was part of a prophecy or some shit and that's why she was able to get the record to actually play when he couldn't get it to play okay fair enough fair enough john said she was an old-time user and a descendant of the main guy who killed the or the original coven yeah so you had to pay attention to the last names really which with all the visuals and so it's kind of distracting to actually pay attention to what was leading up to that at that point, you're not paying attention to names. You're paying attention to a visual. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But I mean, and but they were, it was beautifully shot, I think, you know, and, and this is one movie where I actually paid attention to the scenes being filmed from, I bet I, I mean, may, but I guess that's mainly because it, it really didn't have a plot per se. So, I mean, you were just getting thrown all these visuals in front right. of your face, like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's a cool shot. That's a cool scene. Oh, look at the lighting here. This is, oh, this is kind of like in that other movie we watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. And Brody just said here, for those who will be listening later, from a filmmaker's point of view, even if the story is weak, at least he made up for it visually. However, I like the story. Just wish we go to that period piece. Yeah. I would have <clears> liked <throat> to have seen more about the, the original Coven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, that would have been nice to see. Even even if half the film was the original Coven and then we transition to now, and that way we actually learned exactly what the plan was from the get-go. Now, I was confused. I didn't, I mean, I like I said, I didn't really pay attention, but was this supposed to take place in like the 70s or was it now? 
I don't know. They all, I mean, they all were, well, no, they all weren't wearing 70s. Well, that's a good question because they, they I, I would say it has takes place now because they were watching black and white movies, but they were on like modern flat screen TVs. Okay. They? Okay. Yeah. I didn't, okay, I, yeah. I knew, I knew that they were watching a black and white movie, but I, I didn't even really pay attention to the TV. Yeah. But I just noticed mistaken. that she was in like 70s type clothing and like a lot of the clothing was like, of like the 70s era and well and ken Ferre has a really bad toupee on so you know yeah shout out to the smiling octopus hello from twitch hello hello nice to see you here yes welcome welcome so i mean what what else can we say about this movie i mean i don't think there's real i mean i, I don't really that's all well and good boys but katie's cutting in snip fucking snip well, 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 if it isn't your DKB here back for another episode of Goremore, this week I'm here to talk to you about Mr. Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. Now, I'm going to start off with the first five minutes of this film. Fucking awesome. I loved it. I honestly thought when I heard this was going to be released that this is what we're going to be getting. A full-length feature film of a period piece of witch trials, um, and I was totally down for that for the word go. Um, they really did cock tease me with that because we get that, then the title card, and then it jumps to present day. But I'm still not even mad because I love the way Rob Zombie directs. I feel with this film, he's definitely got his creative juices flowing in different directions compared to his previous films. Um, he's definitely taken a leaf out of Kubrick's uh, book with his cinematography um, style of shooting each scene as each scene plays out. You know, you got your focus dolly pulls all that sort of shit the pants from your wides you know he he really has gone psychological horror with this aspect and i think it's a perfect fitting and tone for this type of film now what rob zombie does so fucking well is create these really iconic horror characters in his previous films um i'm pretty sure you could be able to pluck one out of each of his horror films except for this one there's no one really in this film that stands out like that. I mean, you could potentially say his wife, who's Heidi, but she just hasn't really got anything like a punch or a iconic moment with her that just sort of sticks out like dog's balls, pretty much. But nonetheless, all the characters from his previous films are pretty much in this. Uh, they have a role to play, and they play it extremely well. Um, I love watching all these characters out of his films come in trying to create something different with each character. You know, they, it feels like they get given free range by Mr. Zombie himself and then just make it their own. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a weird, wacky story, but I'm all for weird and wacky. I love that shit. Um, and I think he does this extremely well. And I think I, I really like, I, I was going to say production design, but it's just really like, establishing shots of interior of old buildings and that um overall i i'm entertained by this film it's a film that i can go back and watch every single time and find something different and new uh, throughout each scene um i mean it's it's a really it's a beautiful looking film uh from a really art house perspective in that sense like it's that little bit of a throwback to 70s to 90s yeah, it's it's different. It's a different film compared to his other stuff, and I like it. I'm not going to appreciate that for what it is. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, this is your DKB giving it a Gormor score of a 3.9. Uh, 
Um, Mr. DKB signing out. Uh, look forward to hearing you guys talk about this film. Cheers. That was was fucking great. great. I didn't watch the I did not watch his review before I fucking played it. Wow. Oh my god. Fucking great. Wait around for that later. But wait, there's more. What up, homies, and what up, Gorehounds? It's Big Johnny D coming in. Sorry I couldn't be there today, but I am celebrating my daughter's birthday, so you know. Anyways, we are here to talk about 2012's Lords of Salem. Our first Rob Zombie pick on the podcast, and not my personal favorite, but all right. It was my second go around. Did not like it the first time. This time, much, not much better, but I I enjoyed it more. I will say that. Cinematography of this film was absolutely, it was gorgeous. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I liked the weird art motifs on the wall. It might not be everybody's bag. I loved, I got to mention this. Dude, I want her nightstands. Those glow-in-the-dark, those light-up nightstands. Those shits are fucking awesome. Let's see. Other than that, I mean, didn't get a lot of kills. It was kind of a slower burn. I feel like it was intended to. Like, Rob Zombie definitely stepped outside of the, dare I say, his comfort zone of what we all know and essentially expect from and he threw this at us and a lot of people didn't like it which kind of sucked because everybody's kind of giving him all his shit for not stepping out of the box so when he finally fucking did and they were still just like nope stick with your shit it's like mm. i don't know i actually thought he did a pretty decent job and it's i mean i can't really say much more than that i actually i will say his wife i feel like her for her role she did excellent I think one of her better roles out of all of them. I think she got to actually show a little bit more range in this than what she usually gets to. So that being said, I love the returning cast members in every zombie film. They are always just great shit to see. And I don't know. I mean, crazy imagery. Rob Zombie's always about the random ass, like super crazy imagery. Can I just say, was was that Satan? Uh, was was Satan Bigfoot? Steve, get back to me on that. <clears throat> that being said, I'm gonna say favorite kill. I don't know the witch burning scene, dude, when they all died, because that was pretty fucking gnarly. And opening scene, abs- so yeah, same thing. <clears throat> witch dance ceremony. Uh all in all, I think if I'm gonna rate this bitch. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a three, solid three. Sounds about right. Like I said, not my favorite zombie film by any means, but I don't think it's actually my least favorite either. So that being said, gentlemen, I'll see you guys next week. Gorehounds, love you. And uh, adios, motherfuckers. Okay. Oh, okay. The best part. Him jerking the neutron on. That was fucking great. For you uh audio only listeners, y'all missed out on some great shit right there. Um what the fuck is going on? Well, we don't have a visual of Chad Daddy and 
Oh, so that was Chad. Somebody else. Is this, is this boss man? Is boss man down here too? No, it's actually Big Johnny D. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> you motherfucker! <laughs> I was just hopping in really quick. God? I still got people at the fucking house, but. <laughs> Hope I you homies like, enjoyed that shit. I was like, is that boss man? Who is, what is going on? No, that was definitely me, but I'm going to hop out. But gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the evening. I hope you enjoyed that little skit. Uh, yes, that, that was, was special. Right. Jerking <laughs> off the Katrina wand. That was, like that that was awesome. Wand there. All right, always. I'll catch you later. Later, brother. Later. We are having technical issues with Chad Daddy right now. So while we try to figure that out, we have one more video from our Redhead of the Dead. Hello, this is Heather, your redhead of the dead, here to give my two cents on the Lords of Salem. Basically, I hated it. Don't really have a hell of a lot to say. My favorite thing about this movie is that gorgeous dog. And the one scene in the church, the blowjob scene, actually made me feel something. Like I felt disturbed watching that scene. And otherwise, basically the entire rest of the movie... I was just bored out of my mind. It took me three sittings to get through this movie. So I'm going to give it a 1.6. And since I have a few seconds, I'd like to say something about Texas Chainsaw. Um, <clears throat> lots of really good gore. My favorite kill was the um, the local mechanic contractor guy where <laughs> Leatherface just keeps smashing his head just to till it's like nothing and i loved how he was like trying to give the girl his keys it was like a really nice moment um there was actually a lot of moments where people that started to seem like they might be jerks actually redeemed themselves especially eyebrows which i know a lot of people have been saying like they hate her in the beginning i did but she actually ends up you know kind of redeeming herself later in the movie so um Somebody made a comment about the chainsaw. The one thing in defense of the fact that this chainsaw has been hidden in the mattress forever and how would it still work? Only thing I would say is it's a two cycle. And back then, fuel didn't have ethanol in it. So I'm giving that as like a benefit of the doubt that maybe it would, you could say that maybe it would still work. Um, so, oh, and the scene where Leatherface has his mom's face on, and he starts putting the makeup on and he's holding her dress and smelling her dress. That scene really, I really liked that scene. That really got to me. Um, I don't have enough time to talk about all the plot holes and all the freaking mistakes. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I know you guys are going to get into it. So, um, but yeah, this is your redhead of the dead saying I'll eat your brains later. And I'm really looking forward to listening to all your guys' opinions. All right. Bye. All right, so when we review uh, Texas Chainsaw at a future point in time, we're just going to take that video and cut it and play it. Uh, r r real quick, because I, I can't save this part for later about the chainsaw. I worked on a farm for 10 years. I have seen shit rotting in the ground work the next day. Yeah. That yeah. saw can work. Ten yeah. minutes later, it's did really she not did she hard. give a score for Lords of Salem? I I can I think she uh, said one point six or okay, not even thanks. one point seven. Like was that. it one point seven? I think she said one point seven. Heather, what was your score? I know you're in there. Uh, yeah, sorry, I don't know what the hell's going on with my internet right now. I keep so switching like, browsers. It's yeah, it's fucking pissed me off. We'll uh, we'll get into chainsaw after this. It 
It's uh, when they're in the church. Smiling Octopus says she must watch the blowjob scene. <laughs> All right, now wait. I know we're not on discussion still, but let's just get one thing straight about that scene. All right. Um, was I Thank the only you, one that really heard it that it started to sound like macaroni and cheese sound? It did sound like macaroni in a pot. I'm not gonna lie. At first, I'm like, this is really wrong, and I'm like, sound pretty good over there. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's so how you know it's a good. That's how you know it's a good one when it sounds like macaroni and cheese. No, yeah, she, she, said, didn't, uh, and she, she didn't seem like she wasn't enjoying it either. Well, I mean, like it seemed like no, she was gonna force down first, and then just saying. Well, well, you know, God calls it different times. So uh, shout out to my cousin, Ricardo. He said, I wish I knew what these movies are about, but I'm here for cousin support. Thank you, cousin. I appreciate that. Fair <laughs> enough. Thank you for the support, sir. So are yes. we done generally discussing, fellas? Do we have anything else we yes. need to say? No, I think we're good. Nah, on I think we're good. All right. This. So Chad Daddy. <laughs> All right. Let's dive into curtain. this. Uh, there are no digital effects in the film whatsoever. Nice. That I, I love that. I was and that I, I believe. fucking love that. Yep. This was the first film or TV project Sid Haig was ever cut from in his 51 years in the entertainment industry. Oh, rest in peace, Sid. Yeah, yeah thank you. So I, appreciate I, I, you did. I would love to know the reason, but, you know, we, you know I'm curious. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I, that's, again, that's, you know, that's not necessarily up to Rob Zombie. A lot of that's up to studios, too. That's true. I wonder if we'll ever get, like, an uncut version. I don't think it would make it any better. Hmm. I would just want to see what Sid's part was. Same. Uh, So speaking of, according to Sid, the actors were only given the parts of the script that featured their own scenes to prevent any leaks. Oh, shit. Hmm. That's actually Hmm. brilliant. Actually, yeah. Hmm. In a sense. But, I mean, it it could make it hard to act if you're in a scene with somebody else because you don't know exactly what what dialogue is supposed to be. Interesting. But that probably makes it a a little bit more natural, too. Yeah, true that. You know, I hear they do that with Tom Holland, too, because that boy can't keep his mouth shut. He cannot keep I believe his mouth that. shut. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, moving on. Meg Foster described working with Rob Zombie as an experience like no other in her career, comparing it to walking through a labyrinth. Oh. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with good. I Maybe guess. he was putting like LSD in the drinking water or something. <laughs> that could be. You never know, Rob <laughs> Zombie. So actually, he wrote a novelization of the film along with writer Brian Evenson. According to Zombie, the novelization is based on the original screenplay, which differs significantly from the final script used in the film. Oh. Yes, and I'll get into that a little more. Actually, you know what? Screw it. I'll just scroll down. Okay, so the novelization uh, written by him and B.K. Evanson was released on March 12, 2013. Uh, They began working on a novelization after Zombie's manager had been approached by Grand Central Publishing about a potential book tie-in. The idea interested Zombie, who expressed a fondness for movie tie-in novels as a child. Ditto. Nice. Of the book, Zombie has also commented that it offers a different experience from the film since it can obviously go into much more detail and that the book is based on the original screenplay, which differs significantly. It was also Rob Zombie's first time appearing on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. Hmm. Damn. I wonder, okay. I wonder if it's uh, like still relatively cheap to purchase because, you know, a lot of like the novelizations for films – Especially like it's Friday Thirteenth, Halloween ones. They they're stupid expensive. I don't. I'm not saying this movie is even in that caliber, but but yeah, I get what you mean. Hold on, let me look. I'm on uh, Amazon right now. Lords of Salem by Rob Zombie. 
Hmm, there's the audio book. Let's look at the other ones. One second. Uh, I only want to hear the audio book if he narrates it. Uh, you... <laughs> hmm. Who does narrate it? Uh, it's narrated by Aaron Bennett. So no, never. But yeah, the the paperback you can get it for thirteen seventy nine on Amazon. Yeah, so you, it's still very affordable. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. check. It. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna I want it. I, I just you know just to see how different it is in the film. You know what? the paperbacks the paperbacks thirteen seventy nine the hardcovers nineteen forty five so go with the hardcover. Yeah, always always go with the hardcovers. They last longer. Yes, they do. Always. <laughs> but are, is it still cheap as fuck? Because it's not. But I mean, if it was on the best, if it was on the bestseller list, I mean, it's got to be. You know, it's got to have. Something. I mean, if if you made a top ten bestseller list, that's still pretty damn good. Yeah. It doesn't say top ten. It just said it was on the New York Times bestseller list. It could have been all the way down at like fifty for all I mean. It's still on the list, Chad. It's still on the list. <laughs> it's still on the list. <laughs> Continuing on. <laughs> yes, okay. continuing on. This was filmed in the actual town of, town of Salem. It was filmed in the actual town of Salem. Awesome. Cool. I, I want to go there one day. One day. I'm one. going there at the end of the month for a friend's oh, birthday. You son of a bitch. I know. I'll take pictures. The joys of not having children. Uh, believe it or not, Rob Zombie hinted at this film being a metaphorical and spiritual prequel to his Halloween films, so this may take place in the 70s. Hmm. How would it be a prequel, though? I don't know. It just says metaphysical and spiritual prequel, not necessarily dealing uh. with much about, you know. But yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's a Halloween three, but it ain't to the never. <laughs> yeah, maybe Halloween yeah. three. <laughs> uh Rob Zombie imagined the witches as Charlie Manson-esque hippies. Which he that, pulled off very well. They were like the Sanderson sisters meet the Manson family. Basically. Yeah, pretty much. The screenplay had a subplot about a film named Frankenstein and the Witch Hunter, a kind of Hammer Films exploitation that the characters of Matthias and his wife attend thanks to free tickets from the radio station. Rob Zombie shot the film within the film with Udo Kier, Camille Keaton, and Clint Howard, but all the scenes related were deleted from the final cut. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. I'm going to see if we can find that. I'm sure the deleted scenes are out there somewhere. The scene where they first tried to play the record took a while to film as they struggled with how to create the effect of the needle jumping across the LP. As the effects guy worked on a line of filament, another crew member suggested simply removing the needle from the arm. Oh, there you go. There okay, you go. fair enough. Simple things. Simple, Simple things. things. Yep. Bruce Davidson also dealt with the Salem Witch Trials in The Crucible, 1996. I remember watching yep. that movie in school. Yeah, we watched that in school. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a little after my time in school, you young fuckers. <laughs> Graduated in 94, so. Jesus. You know, funny story. I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show before. So my senior class project in English class, I don't remember exactly. It was supposed to be dealing with, you know, real life sort of uh, like autobiography type of stuff. And so guess what I did my presentation on? What? Fire in the sky. Oh, oh shit! And I showed oh, the alien. Ab- I showed Ooh. the abduction scene. Ooh, oh my movie, god! Everybody, uh, everybody was movie is. Out, and I was like, yes. <laughs> my cousin Ricardo said I was still having recess in '94. Yes. Mm. 
I was in middle young school. Whip, young whippersnapper. Whippersnapper. Get off my yard. Get off my lawn. <laughs> I, was, I was one year old. Wait, 94? Yeah, I was 14. I was 14 in 94. <laughs> Ebony was one. <laughs> one. Damn. Okay, we get it. We're fucking old. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but excuse me. That? I'm the young one here. Um, Stern had to leave the production due to scheduling conflicts and was replaced by Bruce Davidson. So we almost got Bruce Turn. Damn. I, I, I can't see it making the movie any better, though. No, not really. It'd be a little different. But I thought Bruce Davidson did a much better job. I don't. I, I like Bruce Stern, but Bruce Davidson would have been, he's the better choice. Uh, believe it or not, Goldie Hawn was considered for the role of Margaret Morgan. Oh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> My cousin Ricardo, he just uh, he just corrected me. I was 12. I was not 14. I was only 12. Learn math. I'm, Learn laughing, math at what Brody, I'm laughing at what Brody said. He was shitting in his nappy in 94. <laughs> <laughs> shut up ricardo i'm trying to make myself god damn it whatever shut up <laughs> you know uh, billy drago is included in all cast listings for the movie just <laughs> despite being about uh, leaving the project before shooting again huh hmm. okay Richard Lynch was cast as Reverend John Hawthorne, but due to his worsening health, he couldn't perform the role properly. He died a few months before the film even opened. Oh, oh damn. That sucks. Yeah. That's sad. All right. Fair enough. That's unfortunate. This was shot in 22 and a half days. I can tell. For 22 and a half days, got some pretty damn good shots. Uh, and let's see. And finally, Joey Gentile, I don't know who that is, originally offered auditioned for the role of Jarrett Parkins, only then to be asked to read for a completely different role that ended up being cut out of the theatrical release anyway. Lame. I don't know who that is either. So it seems yeah, like can... this movie had a lot of more cut scenes than some of his other movies that I'm aware of. Well, I don't know. House of a Thousand Corpses had a shitload cut out. And I still, to this day, want to see an uncut version of house of a thousand corpses, which well, see, I, I doubt we will ever get. There was like before it became, I remember before it came out, before it got a wide theatrical release, before, I, I, it may not even have hit the festival circuits yet, but there were DVD copies being sold at the Pittsburgh comic-con that had like the original ending and everything. So I don't know. I, I wish I would have got it. I'm still kicking myself for it and not ever actually purchasing it. Yeah. Damn. Mm. All right, is that all we got? The original ending was com- the original ending was completely different. Yeah, that's all we got, buddy. All right, so let's move on to our questions on this film. What format did you boys watch it on? On demand, Tubi. Tubi. I did Movie Sphere. Nice. No commercials. Had subtitles. It was good, and it was the first movie I watched with subtitles. Uh, the, commer- the commercials were. Just saying, it was the first movie I ever watched with subtitles. But yeah, the, John's the, always talking about subtitles, so I was like, I'm going to watch it with subtitles. That's because we're old and we can't hear so well. Yep. What'd you say? I couldn't read your lips. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, right. so. Douche um, of the film. Douche of the film. Oh, that that uh, the head of the three witches. What's her Yeah, the neighbor. Name? Yeah. Yeah, the neighbor. Definitely. I mean, it, those those... Three witches. I mean, all three of the witches were douches, really. Actually, yeah, but, you could put all but three. The head witch was the douchiest of the douches. Oh, yeah. 
All but, right. You know, props to props to D Wallace for being very flirty, by the way. Yes, very, very, very flirtatious. Like she lured Matthias in, like, you know, I would have just been I like, would. nah, it's cool. I'll come back. Nah, don't worry about it. I'll be back. <laughs> I would flirt with D Wallace. Come on. It's D fucking Wallace. I mean, yeah. how could you not? Yeah, exactly. All right, boy. So I feel like this one's gonna be easy. Favorite kill. The only kill we got. Yeah, that yeah. What did she kill? What what was she stabbing him with? I thought it was I know he got hit with a frying pan first, but after that, I don't know. Cause I know she hit him with the fucking frying pan and then he was laid out, but then she started stabbing him with something. But I don't know if she had like a hatchet or something, because it never really shows like what she probably, was bringing down on him. It was probably a knife. I can only imagine it being a knife. You know, I guess technically we did get more kills because it showed the witches burning, but but did they really die? Because you kind of see them again at the end of the movie. Like their spirits are, I don't know, whatever the hell you want to call it. John says she just beat his ass with the pan, he thought. Yeah, but... Yeah, I don't remember there being a stabbing. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe, uh, she was hitting him in the chest. I mean, she never really hit him in the head with that getting hit in the chest fucking... I don't know. Who fucking knows? I, I don't who know. Who knows? So, uh, moving on. Best scene. When it ended. <laughs> uh, uh, no, for me, the complete third act. After she goes into the room, everything mm -hmm. after that. You know, the scene that uh, stuck out to me the most, and I don't want to say, for me, it was it was a really cool scene. Um, so I guess I'll pick it as my best scene, was when, she sit when she's sitting on the toilet, and that mural just starts vomiting blood. Oh yeah, that is wall. pretty cool. Yes, like that was just that was just like a creepy. That was a creepy scene for me. And I mean, granted that the portrait itself was kind of creepy looking to begin with, the fact that the blood's just pouring out and she didn't even pay attention to it. So that's going to be my pick for best scene. Heather's uh, pick is the the church blowjob. I was just <laughs> I was looking at her a comment. I'm like favorite. We're all saying favorite scene. All he says blowjob. I'm like blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> you know I will agree that's a good follow up. I gotta tell you, I think yeah, I it's a good. I think I want to be the father in there. I guess the opening the opening scene was pretty cool too. The whole so the whole okay. Well, with that, did the opening scene hook you in? Yeah, actually, yes, it did. Yeah, but it all kind of went downhill from there. Like Brody, it would have been nice if they did a period piece instead. Yeah. All right. So most attractive <laughs> character, fellas. Sherry Moon. Eh, Ken Foray. <laughs> so there was there was one witch when um, they're all like after mm. she enters that place and they're all naked and they're walking towards her. There was one one witch that had like just the perfect the one on the far left. Yes. That's my pick. And I, th I think I know which one that is. I think when it showed them all being like hypnotized by the music or whatever, I think yeah. that was the one that was getting ready to get in the shower. The one that okay. was in the bathroom. Okay. Well, that's that's my pick. Janie, John isn't here right now. He is okay, celebrating his daughter's birthday. Sorry, since we're just not good enough for you, Janie. Yeah, we're not, not good, good enough for you, Janie. You know something, Janie? Get out of here now. Now you, you got to be like Jeez. that. Fine. God, Fine. Sorry, you, you right. only get three Fine. of us. Jeez. Dang, rude. Right. So, yeah, did the score so set the mood? Actually, the score you know, wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. But the problem is, I didn't. I only, re I only remember the that the main like little piano theme that they played. You know, that was the Lords. Yeah. I, I mean, it was good. I mean, if if every scene had some kind of creepy music playing, you know, and I, I think I think it did set the mood pretty good. 
You know, uh, I would have liked more backstory about that music, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we hear it, we hear it like when they're dancing around and stuff, but I just I just attributed it to it being like the call. You know what I mean? To to bring yeah, but where the... did they where did they find this? Did they create it themselves? You know, is it like some kind of ancient thing? True that. Yeah. Yeah. That that yeah. Well, in a perfect world, we'd have a perfect movie every time we watch them. Oh, by the way, uh, by the way, going back to going back to most attractive character, I do have a runner up to that, by the way. Go on. Barbara Crampton, her little uh cameo. Okay. Mm. She was okay. She was one of the girls that was uh entranced. Okay. I will give you that. Okay. All right, fair that. enough. All right, so best song, the witches. What song? No, no. There was a song that played on the radio at the beginning when Sherry Moon woke up. Oh, um, oh my! What? But there was, I was paying attention to her naked butt. I, I wasn't paying. Attention yeah, to I, I was looking at that too. I was distracted by booty. I Understandable, mean, aren't we all? I mean, yes. Yes, we okay. are. Well, then you know something. It's a universal thing. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, because the only one that I remember is the the Lords of Salem tune. So I'm gonna say that was the best song. It was creepy as shit. It set the mood for. Yeah, that's it, Brody. Said blinded by the blinded lights. by that's the. Oh, that's yeah, that's it. Thanks, Brody. Oh, uh, Janie, you have to be so careful, baby. <laughs> okay. So favorite character. Uh. You know, I uh, uh, the man who had the museum. What the hell? I can't. Let me put Matthias. Yeah, yeah Matha- Matthias. You want because he he brought explanations with him. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, so. he was a very enjoyable character. I liked him. I'm gonna go with just so I can be different. I'm gonna go with Whitey. I like the character, even though he was just a supporting character, really. But you could tell that he really cared for. Oh, yeah. Heidi, you know, like yeah, he, really, he was really, he was absolutely, he was in love with her. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he was. And kind of seemed like they had, like there was like a little fling on the side and I kind of got the impression he wanted more out of it and she didn't. Yeah. Like maybe you they know, had hooked up one time before. Yeah. While that's, she was like, I was like, they're friends with benefits at one point and he yeah. wanted more. That's what I was thinking. It's like, uh, they definitely had like a little bit of a past. Yeah. yeah. All right. So was it scary? Mm, not to I me. Don't, I can't say no, but I can't say yes. I would say like, if like, you like were high or on something else, it could be scary. It could give you a bad trip in that sense. But okay, watching, yeah. But watching it soberish, sober. Um, it's it's not really scary. I mean, some of the visuals are creepy, but I, I don't I don't think it's a scary movie. Like, it's not something that would frighten me to where I couldn't go to the bathroom because I was scared to walk in. The yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not scary. Not like, really. but I wasn't go. I knew when I was watching this, I wasn't going into this to be scared to begin with. So Ebony says, uh, "Scary isn't the right word. She thinks it's more disturbing slash creepy, which." That's perfect. Okay. perfect definitely, definitely. I agree with that. Definitely creepy for sure. Yeah, I'll give it that. It's How was the acting, fellas? The acting wasn't bad. It really wasn't. Well, the acting, the acting was pretty good. The writing, not so much, but the acting was pretty good. I'll definitely say Sherry Moon. Uh, I agree with John. She was actually really good in this. Yeah. I mean, she. 
it it was different from the other characters that she's that she's played especially baby you know and i always go back to her playing baby because that character was just so loud and so annoying and you know this is more of a you know serious type of role as opposed to what she's played before in in his other films you know my playing michael's mom was you know a serious role too but i i think the acting was pretty good you know that you mentioned it you mentioned baby now it just finally occurred to me what other character baby reminds me of and that's fucking harley quinn yes oh yeah yeah sherry moon totally could have pulled off a, a fucking harley quinn yes so uh did you guys like the cinematography Actually, absolutely yeah. it, w- it was amazing. shot beautifully beautiful and yeah like i said all these other movies that we watched i didn't really pay attention to the cinematography and in this movie you're kind of forced to watch to, to pay attention to the cin- cinematography because it's just there mm-hmm. there's nothing else happening it's the cinematography it's it's the shots down the hallway it's the lighting it's it's the back pieces you know when she, when she's on that bed and it's got like that moon with the face on it like it that was just beautifully shot like he he did a great job with the cinematography on this film uh you know one of my favorite transitions since we're talking so the whole movie especially in the, like the hallways and stuff it's that grim it's not so brightly lit but yeah. when she goes into that like uh, that brightly lit room everything is fucking lit to shit and it's so bright i like that transition yeah because we're so used to a dull all movie and then we get that bright so the use of color in this movie not overbearing but is like definitely to a t beautiful Mm -hmm. all right so did you like guys like the premise yes premise yes execution not as much okay and i can agree with you on that chad as as i feel the same way like it was it's a great premise It, it had a lot of potential to be a lot better than what it actually was. On to our R's, my boys. Recycle, rewind, remake, or reboot this bitch. Uh, re-release with everything that's not in it. All right. I don't want to. I don't want to remake it because I don't think you're gonna get it. I'm gonna say recycle it. It didn't do anything for me. I would say, ah, shit. May I? I would be okay with a remake if they gave us maybe what was in the book, because apparently the book's way better. So apparently, remake yeah. it with, with the original with the original screenplay. Yeah, no, I, right. I like I said, I would like to see a, an uncut re-release, full movie, with everything we didn't get. Maybe it might not make it better, but I would still like to see it all. Are we going to have to add another R now? Re-release? Uncut? We don't have to. (laughs) No, we don't have to. But, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know. No. Nah. All right. So, boys, let's rate this bitch. Let's start off with you, Chad Daddy. (laughs) I'm going to very generously give it a one and a half. Wow. All right. Bobo? Uh, I'm actually going to give it a 3.5. All right. Fair. I'm gonna give it a three. I, I like I said, it wasn't the worst movie we've seen. Like I say, when we watch movies that are bad, because like we always say, it's not Cabin Fever two, and it's not Amityville. No, was it Amityville three? No. Amityville three. Yeah. So, um, 
it had its good points, it had its bad points, but I'm going to give it a three. It's a solid three for me. Okay, so that rounds out. Uh, it's about a 2.6666, so I'm going to round it up to 2.7, guys. How, you know, that's, how coincidental. That, yeah, seriously. And now that you uh, said that over air, we're screwed, but thank God she's not here. Yes. Oh, no. Do oh, no. That, is, that name is forbidden. She who must not be named. Do not. I'm going to say it. I'm going to no. say no. it. I'm going to say it. Ah. I'm not going to say it. Brody, say it, say it in the chat, Brody. Say it in the chat. It doesn't count so, when you have to say it. Say it. All right, Chad. so it's it's time. Oh, what are we doing? Oh, no, or no. No, it's not time. Sorry. Chad, what do we have next week? Sorry. Well, next week we have, believe it or not, one more witch movie that may end up being the best one. It's called The Pale Door. It's apparently a Western set. The, the bank robbers, they rob a train. They find an abandoned ghost town. There's witches. I don't know. None of us have actually seen it. so We've never seen it. Yeah. I picked it when we were picking our list. I just picked random fucking movie and this was my witch movie that i picked so and it, it we could shall be the best. See. we don't know yeah. yeah who knows i'm hoping i'm hoping because if it's the worst i'll never live it down uh real quick because they're all saying the name but i'm gonna say it a little differently because it's not going to be direct you know it's you know it's more like mary mary quite contrary trimmed that pussy it's so damn hairy oh Ooh. baby looking like scuba's chin you don't like that 70s afro bush I got no problem with Bush. The wilderness must be explored. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Big Johnny D. <laughs> Fuck, one more witch movie. Yes, one more witch movie. But it's got cowboys in it, John. It's got cowboys in it. So, yes, Kaylee, we are we are reviewing The Pale Door next week. Yes, we are. So watch it and be on the show with us. Janie, watch Prom Night 2 and you all will be answered for you. And yes. stop giving us crap about John not being here, all right? Yeah, Shut John it. will be back tomorrow. You know something? Week, no, okay. he's not going to be back, and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, no, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll we're going to replace, replace, replace him with Brody permanently. It's going to oh. be Brody. As long as I don't have to host, we're good. As long as I don't have to host, we're good. Brody can take, take lead. So, all right, fellas, we are on to that point of the show where we change the subject, and we talk about all things nerdy. Yeah. Boys, give me some nerd news. Let's talk about right. the elephant in the room, guys. Let's discuss our thoughts on the Texas Chainsaw Texas Massacre. Chainsaw Massacre. Texas 20, Chainsaw Massacre. I, I don't, I don't want to go I first. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I'll go first. I did not hate it. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, this, this subplot didn't need to be there. You know, whatever. I love the whole fucking movie. I didn't mm-hmm. think I was going to like it because it, was, it went straight to Netflix. And I said, there's no fucking way. Netflix was going to do this fucking series justice. It was good being a Texan and what I'm telling you, I cannot stand Austinites. I cannot stand them. They are oh damn hippies. I loved, I loved watching them get just fuck you. Fuck you. Cancel culture. Oh my it was God. Great. They all, they yeah. all got fucked up and it was fantastic. It was you know, the gore was over the top. It was great. We had some great kills, you know, you didn't like pretty much the entire main cast because you weren't supposed to. They were supposed exactly. to be these obnoxious yeah. caricatures of you know today's society and the way they act. And you know, and who was it? Was it Tyler or was that you, Scoobs, that said that it was very, it, it was very anti-liberal? Yeah. Oh, it had to have been Tyler that said that. But yeah, it came out. It's definitely yeah, very, it's Tyler. very anti-liberal. It tells you, that, you know, liberals bad because you know all they want to do is you know cancel culture and they're trying to start their own little community and you know. And I'm so happy it turned. It was 
I wasn't disappointed. My wife even liked it. My wife doesn't like scary movies. Yeah. Yeah. I just no. wish I wish there would have been a little bit more explanation as to how he got to the town, who the lady was that was watching him, um, why she was able to keep him calm when nobody else could. Mm-hmm. Who else knew he was there in the town? Did the mechanic know? You know what I mean? I, there's just That's a just few it. more things. The whole town could have originally been in, in on it for all we know. You know, they yeah. could have been intentionally harboring him. And that's probably something we'll never know. Yeah. So I, I had a few theories on what you just said. All right. Scoops. So the lady who watched, I mean, the lady who watched him was the owner of that orphanage. Mm-hmm. She ran it for years. And I think the reason why she was able to keep him docile. Well, look at where he grew up. She was basically beat to shit to do this stuff. She didn't do that. She kind of, ex- she knew he did something wrong. Yeah. But she knew he wasn't all there to go someplace bad. So for someone like that, it's let's keep him here, keep him good. And that's, that's the way I look at that. It's like he was there because she's like, I'm going to keep him good. Yeah. That's so- basically, that's basically probably what she was doing. So Danny in the chat just said there wasn't enough discussion about them being live streamers. Well, I kind of beg to differ on that point because who isn't a live streamer nowadays? Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody can pick up their phone. I mean, the whole and, and there's groups of people that that's all they do. So and for I gotta me, s- that it, it made perfect sense for me. And I got to say, that was my favorite part of the movie was watching people's reactions to the carnage going on in the whole bus scene and everybody's like yeah. oh that looks that looks so fake this can't be real can this, this yeah. is so fake yeah you know I just, I, that was a great touch well and i i just feel like because that's how we we would react yeah if we saw somebody live streaming on facebook and you see this giant man with a chainsaw coming after them you, nobody would think it was real there there's no way in hell anybody would think it was real you exactly know what i mean right and I just I love that scene so much. And, you know, there was people. Oh, well, why did they just go out the back door of the bus? Those those styles of bus did not have an emergency exit. So, no, they didn't. Now, the one thing I did not like was the way the mask looked at the beginning of the movie. By the end of the mo- shut up, shut up. No, I shut will up. say it when you're done. I will say it when you're done. And I understand it was a freshly skinned face. Whatever. There should have been some blood on the damn mask. By the end of the fucking movie, it was brutal looking and it's what it should have been. So I get why it looked the way it did at first. I still say he looked like Harold the Scarecrow from Scary Stories, (laughs) but it worked. And it, when it comes out, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to dirty it the fuck up because I don't want the clean version. I want the fucking dirty version of this fucking mask. Now, Bobby, go. Well, I got to, I'm going to rant just a little bit here. Because you're not the first person I've heard saying that even when he gets the mask, it's too clean. Let's just backtrack about 40 years. Um, Everybody, was there one ounce of, just let me go here. Was there one ounce of blood on that original mask? No. Did we keep it? Well, yeah, it's the original. But it was (laughs) not it did not look it's, like a fresh. To me, all right, all right, listen. Yeah. I love the original. I'm not going to say I don't, but I don't know about you. That one was a little paper thin in spots. 
Well, it was he was still learning how to skin faces. He, he didn't have the art down yet. Uh, and you gotta you gotta think your skin is not as thick as you think it is. Skin true. is not really that thick. So for the mask, and you it was cured and stuff too in the original. Mm -hmm. I, I always assumed because That's, he was called too, yeah. leather face, there was some kind of curing process to make the masks wearable and sturdy per se so that's why it had that you know yellowish brownish tint to it and then even more so in part two and then even in part three it had the stitching and it looked more you know firmer than this one because of course this one's still a freshly skinned face he wasn't able to process any of that but that's just me that's just that's just my theories on this anyway whatever. but okay. I, for me this mask for me was definitely one of the best ones because again we literally see one face we mm -hmm. don't normally see one face we see true we see a piece of face here this is another piece of face yeah. i liked the fact yep. that he literally said i'm going to take this face and that's what i'm going to wear so i liked the fact and it get and people are like oh it's droopy it looks cartoony i'm like did you guys not see the remake that's actually more of a cartoon face, I feel, than this face. Yeah, yeah. Because and I give you that because because it's perfectly placed. Your eyelid, the way he had it cut in some of that remake, no eyelids coming like that. It's going to yeah. be torn because that is. Come on, you could literally you're pulling. That's paper thin. Yeah, so there was no this. No, go it, ahead, wasn't, it wasn't even prepared in any way. He literally just cut the woman's face off and put it on. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, and. Think of how long it had been since he actually had to do that as well. So, of course, he wouldn't have a mask at hand ready to go. But right. the woman that was protecting him, his mother, per se, his mother figure, is gone. There's nobody to control him. So he reverts back to those animal instincts that he had yep. mm -hmm. always growing up. So it was – I don't give a shit what anybody says. And you know what? I, I love the bus scene. And it makes sense mm -hmm. to me. Halloween kills when Michael does that whole killing scene of everybody to me. Does, it, no, that, I'm that sorry, Bobby. I know, I know you love that movie so much, but that one scene of Halloween kills just did not make any sense because Michael wasn't a mass killer like that. He was always in the shadows. He was, you know, he was the guy that would kill somebody then disappear. You know, it wasn't like a he wasn't killing a mass amount of people at one time. Yeah, he it made perfect he wasn't sense for Leatherface. Before, yeah, yeah. So then now, now you bring me to my next point because I will disagree with Chad on this. So the whole Sally Hardesty thing. Listen, I'm not going to say it's not good. They made her lefty from part two is essentially what they did. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but they really played it very much down. They I'm did. If you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, give me a real reason. Here's where I'm going to go. With Halloween, whether it is the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever it is, yeah. Michael intentionally went after Lori and yeah. the people around her. Yeah. It gives Michael more sense as to why to go after her. Leatherface has no clue who this girl is. He doesn't remember her. But still, I'm sorry. The fact she's looking at him, don't you remember me? Do you really think, really? Come on, let's be real here a little bit. Well, what's but it, she what's built it up. What's, but what's his intentions with her? But technically, she, she could have killed him, and he could have killed her in that room. 
Yes, but she built it up so much in her head because she ran. And like TJ said, Sally was a runner, not a fighter. Yes, but because she ran, she always regretted not fighting back. So now was her, and that's what drove her. And that's why she told the other girl, don't run. If he, if you run from him, he's going to haunt you because that's every, what happened to her. There's also every bit of possibility that he did remember her. He just didn't want to acknowledge it because you're always going to remember if a girl gets away from you. Wait, that sounded. The, <laughs> you always think about the one that got away you know if you're hunting yeah. you remember the big buck that you missed you know if you're fishing you know the big bass that you didn't catch you know it's the one that got away you know and then you're always going to remember something like that and yeah. i think he did remember her but it didn't register you know keep in mind you know they're saying like 50 years passed yeah he could have alzheimer's yeah. true true or or Maybe it's not even the real Leatherface. Maybe that's, it's his, that's another good possibility. Maybe it that was could, his yeah. son. That it could very well be. We don't know for sure. Yeah, that was but, a, that was a theory that I yeah. had too. So, but for me, it was always like, oh, they Halloween. They did it better than Halloween. We knew Michael was still around. We knew the potential he had to break out again. He knew where he was gonna go. Leatherface was kept docile. If that lady didn't die. There, you know, it would be like you're never going to find him. You would never know he was still there. We knew Michael was a threat, no matter what, whether he stayed there or not. That man was a walking death trap. But in so a sense, I mean, so so was so so was Leatherface because if the mom died, even of natural causes, who was going to control him? Who was going to step in? I mean. Yeah, I mean, look at it. We see at the at the very end credit scene, he walked back to the that original was, house. It's true. So he did. he's not just some dumb, mindless killing machine. He remembers things. So, so that's what that's why I'm that's, inclined to say. That's why I'm inclined to say, like this whole town hit him. There was this whole conspiracy yeah. to hide him. You know, I there could have been more family members. It could have been he could have been just you know almost like almost not quite hypnotized, but maybe mentally conditioned to kind of forget about what happened. Yeah. Because he's he's not able to. Now that he's he, he they're conditioning him to do that. I could see that, but that's my only gripe with the movie is is if you're going to bring back someone like that, give me a little more. Other than that, I did love the movie. There's nothing yeah. else I don't love. But Sally to me was a little bit of a a downer. Just it how wasn't it wasn't necessary. Around. It wasn't necessary at all to bring her. Um, right. But like I said, I feel like they tried to make her. Uh, like her uncle in 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 part two, you know, she because pretty wasn't much she yeah. like a retired like Texas Ranger or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, and that was Lefty. Lefty was a retired Texas Ranger who had been looking for Leatherface and the family for was it like fourteen years at that point. Mm -hmm. And so basically, what they did was, I mean, and they could still that could still you know be canon because it never says that. Hell, maybe she followed in her uncle's footsteps. And technically, the director even said in an interview, I read this, he said, you know, I wouldn't doubt that two and three actually still happened. And he just kept going back to this lady and giving him chances. So he's even like, I wouldn't doubt that they're still canon, but I'm not going to say yes or no. He yeah. did say that with these movies. I mean, and of course, we see him get, we think he gets blown up with a grenade. We don't really know for sure yeah. in part two, because I mean, we don't see bits and pieces of him after the fact but mm -hmm. um 
We, I don't know. I, it was a good. It was a good flick, and and I see people yeah. shitting on it, you know. But it's just like Halloween. People loved Halloween, and there's people that didn't. So, and it's gonna be like that with every horror movie. You're never gonna appease everybody, especially no. when you are either making a sequel that gets rid of previous sequels or starting with you know a remake and remaking because there's people that hate the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I liked the remake. I thought it was cool. I thought it was. I liked know, it. Yeah. No, yeah. Jessica Biel, Jessica Biel in the tank top. Come on, give it to me every day. I mean, yeah. um, but I think it was good, especially for coming out on Netflix. I was very surprised, and I'm really bummed that I don't think yeah. we will ever get a physical copy of this movie. I'm hoping we will. Uh, I have a don't, say, don't say never. Don't say never. They've done physical releases of Netflix stuff before. And remember, this is a chainsaw film. If people want it, and if you lobby enough for it, Netflix has to listen to that, whether they think yeah. they can or can't. Yeah. You know, Brody, uh, The Next Generation is the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre film I did not watch this weekend. It's the only one I did not watch. Because and I'm going to say to Brody, I'm sorry, but I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. That's the only one I haven't seen. No, I didn't see Leatherface either. It's, like the newer it's Leatherface. Terror. Yeah. I... I I watched them for what they are. I love, I just love the whole crazy. See, and the one thing that was missing from this film, I will say, was the crazy family. That's always in the background. Yeah. You know, you always have the cannibalistic family, the, the craziness. Uh, I just wish we would have been able to see. And who knows? Maybe they'll give us a sequel. And in the sequel, we'll get, you know, Chop Top or some, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. You, you know who is worthy of coming back for a sequel, though? Chop Top. No, Tink from part three. Okay, yeah. He was a crafty motherfucker. Come on. He was. He was. He's very crafty. So I would like to see him and Chop Top link up. Here, I got an invention. Chop Top, use it. Come on. That's a or maybe, perfect right Maybe there. Tink's the one who saved Chop Top from dying from the chainsaw cut by giving him some kind of weird fucking mechanical shit or something. I could see that. I'd happening. be down for it. I don't give a shit. Make it crazy. Yeah, make it know. weird. Make it gory. I'm going to love it. Yes. Do we have anything else, or are we? Do, do we have anything else we want to talk about, nerd news wise, boys? I know Chad's got a couple things. Well, we can talk about the uh, the big NECA releases. Okay, so this weekend would have been the annual Toy Fair, which is the showcase where all the different companies, you know, show what they're what toys they're going to release throughout the year. You know, you got Hasbro, you know, all these, uh, and NECA revealed some really cool stuff. Uh, first off, we got to talk about how badass the uh sculpt is for the dog monster of the thing we finally got our first yes. look at that oh, it's yeah. outstanding great yes. detail on it so and it they can only go up from here because there's still so many other versions of the thing they can do this is just what we're getting for now and i'm assuming we're going to get more down the road kind of like you know with the gremlins collection and you know the jason collection the michael myers you know we're going to get little variants and different stuff like that and i'm, I'm really hoping fingers crossed they can get likeness rights because i would love a child's figure you know because the world you know we need more of keith david Keith David, thank you. Now this uh, this that would actually be the second Keith David figure they have because of course I, they have Goliath from Gargoyles. I was going to yeah. not only that they also have him from They Live. Oh shit, that's right, they do. So I mean, they have his likeness. So they they gotta yeah. they gotta make something happen. They need to make a few figures happen for the thing, along with all the other ones they have too. But I love the dog thing. Holy yeah. shit! You know, so I, I just hope that. they make they make some uh, some final girl figures for. Friday the 13th. Ooh, Jenny. Jenny, Jenny. 
Ginny and Alice for sure need to be. I wouldn't mind you know, Tina for my part. The first that's probably the first one they'll make is Tina because she's probably the most famous. Yeah. I could, Regardless, yeah. more people have seen part seven than just about any. Give others. us a fucking Tommy Jarvis. Give us variants of the Tommy Jarvis. Give, give us, us a Tommy Jarvis three pack. Yes. Give, yeah, yeah. Give us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah we, give us a Tommy and, Jarvis three pack. And they also have uh, the new Toonie Terrors mm-hmm. coming as well, which is American Werewolf in London and the Halloween three, the yes. uh, the kids in the masks. Those That's are the only a must two they buy. released. That's yeah. a must buy for me. I absolutely have to have the Halloween three three pack. Yes, I have. I actually have all the Toonie Terrors up to date. I need. To, I, I, was, I wasn't a big fan of them, but uh, some of the ones like Harry Warden, I, I saw that. I'm like, I got to fucking get that, but I haven't seen it in stores yet. I don't oh, it's have out. many. It's out. I want to say I have maybe like Jason, Freddie, Michael, um, the Nun, and Pennywise. I think those are the only ones I have. I I was a fan of them the minute they got out. Like I have the newest ones in my room. The other ones yeah. I boxed up right now. So now when the new ones come in, box up some of the other ones, put the new ones out. I was. What a you fan need to do is buy some Scooby Doo figures and put them. Oh, in that would work great. Yeah, yeah that I, I th- great. I think they got some coming out too, Scooby Doo figures. Mm-hmm. At least I remember seeing some. So I need to get some. I think. I think you might see the sculpt for uh, Krampus, the Krampus figure coming out from NECA. Yeah. The figure, no. The only thing they showed was the uh, the accessory pack, the accessories that come oh, out. Oh, that's what it was. It was the accessory pack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the Krampus and stuff is still hidden under a, a package. Yeah. But you see, you know, the teddy bear, the angel, the clown. You and, see, NECA's killing uh, it, man. Their, oh, their yeah. sculpts are, are fucking awesome, and they just keep getting better and better. So. I'm excited and for whatever comes out. NECA, if you ever listen to this, I have to lobby for it because I'm obviously a Michael fan. We need an ultimate part four. We need an ultimate Jason part eight. Don't stop. And don't sit here and give me the lawsuit shit. I think I we'll, get, I we'll get them. You know, we'll you know, get them. You know, isn't the lawsuit over? Didn't they? Didn't they? Yeah, it is. There's it still is. there's still little fine details that need to be ironed out. The lawsuit's yeah. over, but, you know. You know, it's there's still so much paperwork and everything that has to be gone through that. The, unfortunately, it completely killed the game. That's. But we have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game to look forward to. Just yes, so. and I'm, I really like how they're doing the uh, the three versus four. We need to do a uh, Gore and Moore playthrough of the game when it comes yeah. out. Uh, Kane was doing uh, Kane Hodder, who did the motion capture, was doing. Uh, in costume photo ops as Leatherface from the game this past weekend at um, nice. Mad Monster Party. Oh shit! Nice, nice, nice. Anything else, boys? I think we touched on like all the big stuff. And uh, from what I hear, officially the uh, digital release of Spider-Man No Way Home is next Tuesday. Oh, nice, Ooh. nice. Now, I know originally cool. everybody was saying it was going to be February twenty eighth. But that falls on a Monday, so they delayed it a day to put it on Tuesday when most movies release anyway. Yeah. So if you're a big Fair fan enough. of the movie like we were, definitely yes. get that. And it surpassed Avatar, which I was really, really hoping for. And it finally did it, so I was very happy about that. Yeah. Thank God. So, well, fellas, is that all we got for today's episode? That is, is all we have. All right. Well, Bobo, start us off. This is your killing machine, Bobby and Moan, saying we'll see you next week, Gorehounds. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Hey, did I did I actually say February thirty first, like your cousin? I meant the twenty eighth. No, I don't know. Maybe I don't. Fuck it, right. it, whatever. <laughs> it's the thirty first of February. It's coming out February thirty first. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, this is your Chad Daddy saying, "I'll see you next week, bitches." 
last witch movie last witch movie ever this is your host with the ghost the prince of the paranormal the duke of the dead the ghost daddy himself lord scuba cabra saying remember cereal is just cold soup ah <laughs> <laughs>